This is a classic podcast from Unqualified Gamers. Hear more at unqualifiedgamers.com. So you played video games? No, I played a video game. So before you talk about video games, I'll just briefly say I, you know, Assassin's Creed 3 came out yesterday. Did it? Well, and, hold on. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 came out recently. I guess as far as the listener is concerned, it came out on October 30th. Okay, there you go. Who knows when this is going to go up. So, anyway, it came out yesterday, and um, I picked up, and you know what's weird is I don't pick up games day of anymore, right? Like, it's just not I get excited about video games, but it's not one of those things where typically I uh, I pick things up immediately, because I don't like paying full price for stuff anymore since it drops in price so quickly. But at some point in my video gaming, and I don't remember where it was, I turned into like an Assassin's Creed fanboy. Like, I really enjoy this series really? a lot. I do. I have played all of the games. I have really enjoyed all of them in one way or another. You know, some, of course, are better than others. But um, so I was really excited about this game. And so I picked it up uh, yesterday. I did, in fact, work all day yesterday, so I didn't get a chance to start it until today. It is gorgeous. Uh, it is it is the best-looking game I have ever seen on a console, and I can say that very confidently. Including Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, it is It is fantastic. So it looks great. Uh, so far, the game plays great. I can't, you know, I'm two hours in, so I don't, I don't really have anything to say about it. But uh, so far, it, it looks to be a good addition to the series for me. So A good A addition to the series? A good audition to the oh series. Oh my god, I don't I literally don't even know what that means. Is liter- do you literally not know what that means? Correct, yes. So, uh, so what's new with you? What have you been playing? So, oh, by the way, listener, uh, if you're finding your way here for the first time, hey, have we record? I think we've recorded. Anyway, um, <laughs> listener, you have found your way to uh, a podcast. Yes, and it is. It has a name uh, of the podcasting variety. It is unqualified. It is a video game podcast where two people that know nothing about video games talk about video games. Well, virtually games. nothing. I mean, let's let's not say nothing. I would say we're not qualified as experts on video games. You talk about video games. Right, sure. But I would certainly say that we are qualified as I mean, we've people. We, well, we are we are qual- we, we are, are human beings. We are, we are human. We are we're technically we are human beings. Right. And we're qualified as humans uh, to talk about things in the realm of humans. Yeah. So, well, I can or gamers. Sure. So what have you been playing? I have... Okay, so check this. Check it, all right? Uh, so... Wait, hang on. All right, I'm at the is mic. It ch- <laughs> I see what you did there. So I played a game called Cave Story. Have you ever heard of it? I have heard of this game. Really good, because it's eight f***ing years old, and if you hadn't heard of it, then you've been living in a hole. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't. I have not been living in a hole. I've heard of this. Uh, okay. I know nothing about it. Tell me. Really? You, okay, you've never played it, though, right? Isn't it a platformer? It is a platformer. Okay. It is a platformer. So it's actually it's a it's a freeware platform adventure game. Now I downloaded it and played it on my PSP because I had a long plane trip recently and I 
was mostly playing Dissidia Duodecum Final Fantasy because that's pretty much my favorite game ever made. Uh, but then I needed a break at a couple points, and I had this freeware game. Uh, I, I googled like best PSP games or something, and C- Cave Story was listed. So I was like, all right, well, it's freeware, so I can actually download it and put it on my memory card legally, which is a change for me. See, I thought this was a um, – t- just as an aside, I thought, to my knowledge, this was a like a uh, Wii uh, – like a downloadable Wii game. Yeah, so check this out. I, I was reading the Wikipedia before the program. Uh, this is what I would call a program, BT dubs. Uh, which means by the way, by the way. Uh, and I was doing so because I wanted to actually research it a little bit. And it's got kind of, kind of a fascinating history. It was actually... So this guy created this game. His name is Daisuke Pixel, nickname, Amaya. Daisuke Amaya. This guy, um, he developed Cave Story in his free time over the course of five years. Apparently, he wrote it, programmed it, did the art he did he made the entire game by himself uh and over five years five years yeah okay uh he began when he was in college sounds sounds a lot like fez uh based actually yeah and only only fez was like seven years yes but yeah go ahead. but in fact it's interesting you should say that because the art direction absolutely looks just like fez like the main okay. character looks like the main character in fez so you've got some 8-bit-ish stuff going on? Very 8-bit-ish. Um, this is the game... When I st- If you remember from my Fez review, I thought Fez... I went into it expecting kind of an interesting 2D platformer with a 3D element. This game is fully two-dimensional. There's no third dimension really there. But this is exactly what I expected Fez to be. Only executed the way that I thought Fez was going to be executed as opposed to the way Fez was actually executed. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was released in 2004 for the PC, and it was also ported um, to Xbox. You could download it on a few different things for free. It was self-published, and it was ported to WiiWare as a downloadable game in 2010. So so that's why I've heard of it mm-hmm, recently. Yeah, okay. and it was ported to DSiWare also in 2010. Uh, and I believe it was also released for Steam in 2011, about a year ago, and uh, 3DS release, actually very recently, uh, released on the 3DS. And this was a 3D remake of the game entitled Cave Story 3D, um, and it's actually come, uh, I, I don't know, came out sometime in the last year or so. Um, okay. So it's been ported a few different times now, and it has amazing reviews. Like, this one guy made the game, Metacritic gives it an 89 out of 100. Like, hmm. That's a lot. That's really high. And not not that Metacritic is the only and like the only source for for your review scores, but that is a lot for Metacritic, well, certainly. Right, because it's, it's aggregate scores from across the board. And, I mean, right. I'm just looking on the Wikipedia, um, you know, comparisons, I mean, every video game outlet, IGN, Game Informer, Eurogamer, Destructoid, 1UP, they all gave it at least 8 out of 10. I mean, every single place. And those are, you know, pretty major places. So um, it's a solid 2D game. Uh, it's really fun. It's really Japanese. It, you know, having read up a little bit about it, apparently it was really inspired by, like, the Metroid series in terms of kind of scope and playtime and massiveness. And I only 
have played maybe three hours or so of it. Uh, but it's really obvious that it's it's a pretty huge game, and I, I've really only barely scraped the surface, but you would love this game, John. So all you've told me so far is that it's a platformer. All I've told that's you is all... it's a platformer. And that it's like 8-bit that's, style. That's all I know that's, so far. Uh, yeah, I know, but you would still love it. So, the end. Uh, well, tell me that's why. That's my whole review. Well, uh, the difficulty is, is really, really good. So, um, there is a plot... It's really Japanese. Like, your character has a Japanese name. You meet people with Japanese names, uh, like Mamiga and Balrog, and they're all, you have to save Toroko, and then Kazuma is, like, Toroko's cousin or something. And so there's there's all these Japanese names thrown about, and it, it just feels like an anime. You know how much I like Japanese Oh, things. gosh. Who doesn't? Who doesn't on this podcast? Because there's two of us, and that, that's... And we both do like it. <laughs> we both do like it. So uh, it's very Japanese. You know, all the dialogue is very like, oh, you have to save, you know, my sister, or oh, you know, we're friends, and it's it's all so cutesy and things like that. Um, you start out, you play. I believe your character is a robot. Um, there are certain plot elements that have been unfolding throughout my, you know, few hours into the game. And from what I can gather, you're some kind of robot that was involved in some kind of war, and now you're underground, and now you're trying to save people from bad from a bad guy called the Doctor. Not not to be confused with the Doctor from Doctor Who, who is a benevolent time traveler. This. So really, what you're telling me is the plot probably couldn't be there, and it would be just fine. Honestly. Actually, from what I... No, that's incorrect. Uh, I make it sound generic, but... It, you really you really sold me with that stuttering that you just did. <laughs> okay, to be fair, I was jet-lagged as hell when I played this game and not really paying that much attention to the story. But from what I've read in the reviews, um, other people who have reviewed the game quite liked the story and thought it was quite in-depth. And from what I gather, if I paid more attention to this plot, I think I would find it very interesting. But I have a very, very short attention span, uh, and I just don't care, and I was sitting in a plane seat for nine hours one way and 11 hours the other way, so I just stopped caring, because all I needed was a break from Final Fantasy Dissidia, and I didn't really care what form that took, so jumping up and down and shooting things was totally fine with me. There you go, listener. If you want a break from Dissidia, pick up Cave Story. Um, there is your ringing endorsement. I am going to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Keep so, going, uh, from what other people have said, apparently the story is pretty interesting, and it actually does seem somewhat in-depth. Uh, little things get unveiled, you know, further and further without any blatant exposition. It's really cool, you know? Um, you'll talk to a character and he'll say, oh gosh, you're from the surface, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody will mention a uh, an old war later and then somebody will mention red roses. There are these red flowers uh, apparently either poison people or turn them evil or, or do something bad. And then later you see red flowers in certain places and it's like, oh, well, look at that, red flowers. That probably is why this character went crazy and attacked you. And um, it unfolds really organically. Uh, and honestly, uh, it's really hard to describe in detail because I don't remember the names of anything or really any specific plot points. Uh, but it, it, it does... <laughs> This is the most vague review ever. Um, it unfolds organically, and it's really fun. Um, the uh, The battle mechanic is... Well, it's, of course, a platformer, so you're not getting in random battles and stuff. 
And you're a person, right? I mean, you're you're a platforming yeah, person. Yeah, you're a guy that jumps around, kind of like Mario. Got it. Uh, yeah, you jump around left and right. Uh, you attack with guns, different types of guns that, of course, do different things. There's, like, a machine gun, and there's your, your pistol, which shoots further, and then rocket launcher, which you only have a certain amount of ammo for. Uh, very heavily inspired by Metroid. Um, but you've got these guns. You can switch pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, I really liked the gameplay on the PSP. I would strongly recommend playing it on a controller, because uh, I think that's what it was really in. I just personally think it was more intended for that. Um, but you've got these guns, and it's interesting because when you kill enemies, they pop out these little triangles that are experience points. Now, you collect those triangles to get experience points, and when you get enough, it levels up your weapon to make it more powerful. Okay. Now, each weapon can be leveled up to a maximum of level 3, and when you take damage, you lose experience points. So, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I, I really disliked it at first, but I thought, um, I think it kind of grew on me a little bit, you know? So it's not necessarily something where you're supposed to use the same weapon, level it up a bunch, and then keep it that way. You're supposed to kind of be changing weapons throughout the course of... Yeah, yeah. Of- I would cycle through, level them all up to level three, and then, you know, be using the rocket launcher, get hit, and then use that until I level it back up to the max. Uh, you know, and kind of leather rinse repeat. You've got your basic weapon that you're using the most um, with unlimited ammo, and then the other weapons kind of come come and go. So, uh, but I thought that was a really interesting mechanic. The way you can you you can level up like in most games, but it's got a very small max level of level three, and then once you get damaged, it goes back down. So you're kind of constantly maintaining your weapons through that way. Um, the enemies are are. You know, mostly things that fly around. Uh, the mini-bosses that I've fought so far are pretty fun. They just basically have a lot of health, and you have to run back and forth and avoid them, like a Mega Man game. Uh, the pace plays like a Mega Man game. The scope plays more like a Castlevania Symphony of the Night type game. Uh, like a Metroid So game. are you playing, like, level to level, or are you exploring a very large open world that is all connected? You're exploring a large open world that's all connected, um, but it's not as interconnected so far as, uh, as, like, Castlevania. It's closer to Metroid. You know, like, Super Metroid, you had Zebes and you had Brinstar, and you had uh, Norfair, and you had Meridian. So you have these these very specific areas, and this this works the same way. Um, there are certain areas like Fireland. I think I just made that up, um, but there are certain areas with very distinct uh, settings, uh, very distinct backgrounds, and things like that. So you get a certain a very uh, dynamic ambiance from each of the different areas. Now I've only been to five or six areas, um, and I guess I've only really scraped the surface of it, so I know it gets deeper. Uh, you access these areas through really a central hub of a teleporter in kind of the main like hometown. So in that way, it's a little less interconnected than everything else. But I would I would compare it somewhere between Metroid and Mega Man, probably. Now, like Metroid, do you revisit areas once new powers are unlocked to? to open up new areas of these levels? Yes, I've only done this a little bit, uh, but apparently that happens a little bit more later in the game. But I've been pleased with the lack of backtracking you have to do, because one of my biggest problems with the Metroid games, especially Metroid Prime, the first one, I thought there was an excessive amount of backtracking, personally. Interesting. I just I just thought, in order to get stuff, you just had to go way back, and it wasn't easy to navigate, and... 
I wasn't a huge fan of the first Metroid Prime in terms of the backtracking for some of the items. I mean, it was still a fun game, and I like the Metroid Prime series quite a bit, but I thought the first one, just to me, had an excessive amount of, of backtracking that took a long time, because you didn't, you didn't move quickly in that game, you know? Um, sure. But Cave Story, it has simple controls. The only two buttons are jump and shoot, uh, and you press down to go through a door or talk to somebody. Uh, but the challenge is substantial. Um, yeah, that's what I was actually just going to ask you because at first you mentioned that there's a difficulty to the game. Yes, definitely. And you would really, really like this because this is the perfect kind of difficulty in a platforming game. It's the kind of thing where I would play through most of a level and then die. And then I'm like, ugh, that sucks. And then I would play through it again right away and then I would die. And I would be like, all right, I'm done with this for a while. Turn off the game, come back. The next time I played it, probably would get right through it or maybe get through it on the second try. So it's the perfect amount of difficulty where it's a little bit, okay, you've got to redo it a couple times, but it's not brutally hard where you're just stuck on a stupid part where it's really hard. You know, you adapt to the difficulty and that it's got just the really good amount of balance to it. I mean, are there like, is it is it like a pit type deal where instant death type stuff? Or There's is it just... some instant death, but for me, the majority of it has been enemies that just do a lot of damage. You get heart containers, and the sound effect when you get, uh, kind of heart containers, the sound effect when you get extra max health is very similar to the sound effect when you get an item in the Metroid series. So I was reminded of that even before I read reviews. And uh, when you get that extra health, um, you know, you only get really small amounts at a time. So let's say where I am right now, I have maybe max like 50 or 55 health. And there are some enemies that do like 25 damage. Um, now they're really rare and it's hard to get hit by them. But if you're a little bit careless, you can certainly get hit by them. And I don't mean a little bit careless, like you're not even looking at the game. I mean, just like you got to be careful, right? If you're careful, you're not going to get hit. But if you're not, then you're going to get hit, and that's going to do a ton of damage, and then you die. And you really don't have any idea how much damage these guys do until you get hit by them. So, you know, you see a little thing floating around that looks like a flying Goomba, and you think to yourself, all right, they're going to do, like, 5 damage. No, they're doing, like, 12 or 15 damage. So it's not like uh, certain games where if you get all the extra, like in Zelda, if you get all the extra pieces of heart, you're basically invincible. Because you have so much max health, like, you know, whatever. Uh, it's the kind of game where you better be getting that max health, because if you don't, then maybe the enemies in the next area will kill you in two hits. So, I, I have found this so far in playing it. Uh, and again, I'm only a few hours in, but based on the reviews, I'm guessing this continues. It's got, it, in terms of the pace, the plot the difficulty, and everything. This is one of the most well-balanced platformers I've ever played. Um, go ahead. So does it feel like uh, does it feel like an homage to some of these games, or does it feel like it's aping them? You know what I mean? Or is it somewhere it Totally between? feels independent. It just feels like an independent, well-balanced platformer. Um, I, I would not have compared it to, other than that sound effect, I would never have compared it to Metroid or Castlevania without reading the Wikipedia entry in which the creator is quoted as saying he was inspired by the Metroid games. And a couple reviewers have kind of uh, compared it to Castlevania. Um, I never would have done that. I just thought it was uh, like Fez only done better, more simplistically, 
uh, it's so straightforward. You know, it's so refreshing to have a game where you need to get from point A to point B, and you need to fight bad guys to do it. Sometimes you need to grab items, you know, like, hey, you're on a quest. Go get me three parts for a bomb. You have to kill the right enemies that drop the parts of the bomb. Okay, great, you got the three parts of the bomb. Now I can blow up the parts in the next area. Other than that, uh, it's pretty straightforward, you know, point and shoot. But at the same time, it's it's just got this really good balance and pace. And you don't get bored. It's It's quickly paced. You'll occasionally run into a boss that kills you in one hit, and you're like, oh, crap, i got to figure out how to actually study his pattern. It's just, uh, it's a joy to play. It's cute, it's very Japanese, um, and it's a super well-balanced game. And I'm shocked it was ever free. Like, I, I, I'm shocked that this guy made this game all by himself. It, it sounds like it's something, too, that it might be easy to kind of pick up, play for a little bit, and then set back down again. Oh, my God, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, not something that you have to sit down and dedicate a bunch of time to in order to get anywhere, which I, I appreciate that now, uh, certainly for certain points in my day yeah. to be able to do oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, more than ever. Um, and in fact, uh, I was reading some of the, the reason that the game wasn't reviewed really phenomenally by some of these magazines was the price point. Because it's been free for eight, well, it's free for six years, and then when it was released on WiiWare, WiiWare it was $12. So <laughs> suddenly you're paying $12 for a game that's been free historically. And I believe the 3DS game is $40. Now it's a th- oh full price yeah deal. yeah okay. now it's a 3D remake so I'm sure they've added tons of stuff and given it a graphical overhaul and all that stuff and the other thing is this guy made this game for free and it took him five years so good for him for making some money off of it I mean that's cool like if I had money I'd be willing to pay for it uh, but uh, outside of the price point with some of these games, I mean, it was ranked by Superplay, which I guess is a website, maybe? That sounds like a thing. Yeah, Superplay uh, earned first place in its list of 50 best free war games of all time. Uh, it was ranked really highly on a Famitsu list. Um, there were some writers from Destructoid who called it really important and said that it influenced games like Braid and, you know, kind of brought back the relevance of 2D game design because it came out in 2004, you know, well into the, was it GameCube era at that point? If it came out in 2004 and it's already inspired some remakes and, and ports at this point in in time, I, I, that seems significant to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just good. Uh, <laughs> it's just a good overall game. Uh, not always my cup of tea because of the difficulty. Um, because if I want to just, you know, pick up a game and, and blow through something, you know, I'll, I'll boot up Final Fantasy thirteen two or something. But Cave Story, so it's not a walk in the park, but it's fun. And the music is so good. It's so good. It's all 8-bit music, and it's all catchy. And, like, I loaded up my iPod for this plane flight because I thought I'd get bored of the music I was listening to, and I didn't at any point. Like, I'm imagining that he did not compose the music. Is he that... did. Really? Yeah, this guy did the whole game. He did the music. Oh. He did the programming. He did the art direction. He, I mean, all of it was this one guy, and he's... Sounds like a pretty cool... There's a pretty cool story behind this yeah, game. Yeah, very too. cool story. Uh, the guy is working as a software developer somewhere now, so a success story, certainly. Um, but yeah, I know this review was kind of vague. Again, you have to blame some of that on the jet lag and the fact that I haven't had the chance to pick it up in about a week or so. 
But um, for me, for a guy who hops on and off trains in Chicago all the time to get places, like this is much more convenient than some other games. Now, the other games loaded on my memory card to play uh, during this trip were Dissidia, of course, which I got bored of because I've played over 400 hours of that game, uh, and Tactics Ogre, which I had never played before. Oh, uh, that game has gotten... F- One, it's got phenomenal reviews... Uh, You've never played it? No, it is supposedly a very important game in the in the tactical uh, RPG genre. Right, and tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics, of course, is one of my favorite games of all time. So, yeah. so, so many times I was tempted to play Tactics Ogre, but I just kept going back to this game because I knew, I think part of it was it didn't feel like a commitment. You know, you hit start and it says start, continue. You know, super simple. That's it. Sure. Uh, it's it's just it plays like an NES game, but with better graphics and better music, and uh, I would say the difficulty is comparable to an NES game or a harder and and super NES game, but without being ludicrous like Silver Surfer or you know one of those other or Ghouls and Ghosts or anything like that. Um, so I would say this is one of the more fun games that I've played lately. Uh, I've been on the side playing some epic epic long involved games and i that's why i wanted to review cave story in this episode because the next because i'm still completing these other very long involved games for my next couple reviews and i need more time to spend with them cave story you know i only took a bite into it but i already know it's fun and it's good and uh it supposedly according to all the other reviews i've looked at persists so i i hate to be like hey, listen to our video game review podcast where I talk about other people's reviews, but I did actually play the game, and I wanted those reviews to kind of inform me just uh, to give me an idea of what I can expect from the rest of the game because I didn't get a substantial portion played. Uh, but again, from what I played, it was really fun. And I'm, I'm not like a hardcore 2D platforming guy, you know, I'm not like the retro gamer or whatever, but uh, I still enjoyed it. And I think you should honestly play it. I mean, it's got to be available for iOS or, or Android at some point soon. Uh, it might be available for iOS, but it, yeah, I, I certainly it could be something I put on my list. But my God, do I have a lot that, of games it's to play true. right it's now? It's Steam, actually. It's on Steam. And God knows if it's on sure. Steam, it's probably available for like $0.08. Cents. And I'm sure there's a freeware version that you can download anywhere because, again, it was originally free. If if it's on Steam, I've probably picked it up in some sort of bundle pack. In fact, I may own it by you know three times by now, and I don't even know it. So that tends to happen with Steam if you've never really used it. Which I have a little bit, but but yeah. So there you go, Cave Story. I give it uh, two thumbs up or three A pluses or whatever the hell our review system is because we don't have one. That's so many A pluses. Is it? Is it? It's a good. It's a very good GPA for this game. <laughs> Speaking of long, epic games that you are not talking about. Tell me what you have been playing, because... What a fantastic segue you have just teed up for me. So, uh, they're not that good if you call them out, are they? (laughs) Um, So, uh, well, let's let's talk about another short thing first here. So, a new patch came out for Diablo 3. Wait, no time. Um, No time for that. So... The the thing about Diablo three and and you know it's the the game as a game, um, I think has some of the best action RPG combat of 
any game I've False. ever played. Secret I, of like, Mana is better. So it's just, for me, it is just a joy to get in, kill a bunch of demons. I think the controls, as far as mouse and keyboard go, they're tight. Uh, there's there's many different builds for the different characters. But w- things they've added in this patch, um, one of the complaints of this game has been the endless grind of the end game, which is kind of the way Diablo's always been. So it's been kind of a weird complaint. Mm. But people are complaining there's nothing to do. So one of the things that they've added, uh, also that the game is getting too easy for the people that have kind of outgeared it. Already? So one of the things that they added, yes. So one of the things that they added is they added a system called Monster Power. And what Monster Power is, is there are levels 1 through 10 for all modes of the game, all difficulty levels of the game. And you, it, it's basically a second tier of difficulty level uh, that allows you to set the game for as difficult as you want. What? Okay? Yeah. So from, from Monster Power is 1 to 10... And the advantages of this are the higher the monster power, the more likely you are to get good drops, which is the whole point of these dungeon crawler games. So, I mean, it contributes directly to what the point of you playing this game after you've beaten it is. Um, And even with the best gear, just to give you an idea, I guess it doesn't matter what kind of gear you have, to give you an idea, at monster power 10, all enemies have... 3,400% 3,400% of their normal health. And they do something like 240% damage of their normal oh. damage. So it's it's a system where even the people that have the most amazing gear in the game are not going to be able to put it on Monster Power 10 and just destroy everything. It's just, it's not, it's not going to happen. So um, just again, briefly, it's something else that they've added again the game is free they're adding this content for free once you buy the game it's not one of those things where you're paying a monthly prescription listen to me a monthly subscription god john we all know you're a pharmacist okay it's not a game where you're playing where you're where you're paid a monthly subscription so i i mean it's and the funny part is people are still bitching because it's the internet so people are going to complain but uh but this content's free. So, and, oh, and, and so that's one of the systems they added. And the other kind of neat system they added, the neat thing that they did was they, they added some, they call them Uber bosses. And what it is, is it, it's uh, a farming system where you can farm for some keys. The keys take anywhere from, I don't know, a half an hour to an hour to farm each key. It takes three keys to open a portal. And when you open this portal, you fight uh, a combination of two bosses from the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and this gives you the opportunity to get better loot from drops from them. So it g- then gives you something to continually farm for because there's three different portals. There's different drops out of each portal. And if you combine, if you get this item that can drop in each portal and combine them, it combines to like a fantastic ring for one of your characters. Um, so they've given you kind of a goal to strive for if you want to repeatedly do it, which is another way to kind of waste time in the game, right? I mean, that's why we play video games because. They take up some time and they're right. fun. So, and for the people that like Diablo three, I think this is probably a great addition because again, it's free. They're just it's a game they're supporting. I've always I think Blizzard's a great company in terms of how they support you mean their Blizzard games. Blizzard Activision. So, so if you have, uh, I think it's Activision Blizzard actually. Kind of sad. Yeah. So uh, if you have Diablo three and it was a game that you like, I think that this patch really gives you something to return to. I think that they're supporting the game great. Um, 
Let's step back for a second. So Okay, John. We'll take one step back. That's what I do pretty much every time I open my mouth. 